Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today I'm joined by Dane Clark from Clarkie's Column. We touch on all the halves in Rugby League and the merry-go-round that's going on at the moment. There is so much doing in 2022. It could look so different to what we're looking at right now in the NRL. It's really exciting. Myself and Dane, we dive into every single halfback that's on the board, could potentially be moving, talk about the effect they could have and the teams that suit them best. Let's kick it off. Clarky, mate, welcome on, on debut. Yeah, g'day, Guru. Absolutely a pleasure to be here, man. Mate, uh, obviously some big news over the last couple of days. Tommy did, and uh, I mean, it wasn't that long ago this guy, he was the next Alan Langer, and we know which which uh, jersey we associate Alan Langer with, don't we? Yeah, spot on the Broncos, and they're just in such a bad spot where, like you said, back in the day, a player like Alfie Langer, the Broncos would never dream of losing him, and, you know, it's just a horror weekend for them. They lose Tom Dearden. They already lost Sam Walker. He's man of the match. Reese Walsh, uh, who's in the halves this week, he has an incredible debut. And then Fafita, another one they obviously didn't want to lose. He becomes the first forward since the great Steve Menzies to score two hat-tricks in a season. So, horror week for the Broncos. Mate, just quietly, the, uh, the, the West Tigers will be sitting there stoked. I think we're going to be making over the next five or six years uh, the best teams of the Broncos that got away, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you go through currently and on paper, the Tigers have lost a ton of talent. And, you know, for the Broncos, that could be the case in the future. And, you know, they've still got great players like Tony Staggs off contract. And, you know, he seems hesitant to re-sign there. And there's obviously reasons for that. So Broncos are in a really bad spot where if they want to recruit, they are going to have to pay massive overs. And if they want to retain, well, what's their attractive pitch? There's just not much going for them at the moment. Mate, we'll come back to Dearden at the moment, but, geez, Katoni Staggs, I mean, if you're a football team in Australia, in the NRL, and you're not asking questions about this guy, you're doing something wrong, aren't you? Hold on. I mean, just for the fact that we've seen how dominant he can be at centre, his try against the Dragons last year, I just don't think there's another player in the competition currently that's capable of that. It, It was absolutely freakish. And then, you know, the talk that he wants to go into the past, I know people will knock him and say, oh, we know he's so good at centre, but 
the ambition is fantastic there. The willingness for him to not rest on his laurels and think, you know what, I'm great at centre. I'm going to stay comfortable there. Um, you know, he's got a growth mindset. I'll go into the halves, I'll develop my skills there and um, that'll make me even more dangerous. If it doesn't pay off, I'll be a more dangerous centre at the end of the day. Mate, he reminds me a lot of Jack Whiten. He has just got that such a damaging ball runner. And yes, it might be a little bit unorthodox seeing him at six, but geez, the modern game, it is screaming right now for uh, running halves and just instinct footballers there, isn't it? You talk about it so much on the podcast, the instinctive football players and the attributes that Katoni Staggs has, the strength, the power, the balance. When you combine all that, he's one of those players that you play him anywhere. You just want the footy in his hands as much as you can. He's one of those guys, though, that if I am playing at 5'8", I need to have the right man wearing jersey number seven. And right now, the Broncos, they don't have a seven for next year. How do you think that one's going to play out, mate? Yeah, like you said um, on your podcast earlier today, you know, a dominant halfback is dime a dozen um, at the moment. For the Broncos, they're in such a position where they just need someone that is able to dominate the game. And so when I look at who's actually available and off contract at the moment, obviously you have players like Reynolds and Sean Johnson, but there's nothing appealing. There's no amount of money I believe the Broncos could pay them to actually get them to the club. And so the man I'm looking at is probably Blake Green. He comes off contract this year from the Knights. He's a very experienced seven. I don't see the Knights re-signing him on the basis they've got Pierce, Clifford and Kurt Mann on their books for 2022. So as far as the best possible realistic option for the Broncos goes, I'm looking at Blake Green. Mate, I love Blake Green. I've got a lot of respect for him, but my God, he's far from the guy that's able to turn this system around for me. Uh, And I understand he probably is the best option realistically. I mean, it looks like Adam Reynolds, he'd be crazy to turn down that that offer from the Sharks. In my opinion, it means he he only has to move down the road, doesn't have to move his family uh, to, to another state. I mean, for, for me, I look at this Broncos team, and for the money they're going to have to pay to get a seven, if it, if if that halfback's name isn't Adam Reynolds, I think they've lost out. So, you know, it probably is one of those things for the Broncos where, yes, they may have some money free up, but it's one of those things you don't want to rush out to the market and just sign a half because they're available. Uh, we saw the Dragons do it so many years ago. They ended up overpaying for Ben Hunt. We saw the Titans do it with Ash Taylor. They ended up overpaying for him. Um, and so you need to be careful not to just sign someone because they're available. If it's a case for the Broncos that they need to sort of watch and shoot and wait till 2022 when, you know, another halfback might become available, then that's what they should do. However, the NRL is a cutthroat business. And, you know, realistically, if the Broncos haven't improved by the end of 2022, then Kevin Walters could lose his job. So he might not be able to risk that. And, mate, if he loses his job there, like, f- for me, this was always the risk with signing Kevin Walters. It was always going to be a big job. There is already a huge rift between the old boys and the club that is causing absolute chaos up there. And I'm not sure if that relationship can be rebuilt if it doesn't work with Kevin Walters, to be honest with you. And that's it. If it doesn't work with Kevin Walters, then the question is, who can fix the Broncos? Because we can all sit and speculate and look from the outside in as ways to improve. But, you know, the Broncos have been successful for so long. Um, I believe they've got the former Melbourne Storm CEO there. Um, like you said, Kevin Walters is a great coach. So if the fix was easy, the Broncos would have handled it by now. But the facts are, it's not easy. And, and just none of us are really able to put our finger on it. I think the Broncos included. And, mate, especially right now for the Broncos, this is probably the worst possible time for them to be 
in the circumstances they are when you look down the road at um, little brother, your team, the Gold Coast Titans, who are doing so well to build their system, build their club. I mean, it's crazy to think that the kids that are coming through now, once they are NRL first graders, I mean, they're going to look at the Titans at being, you know, the successful club in their local area when you think historically that is unbelievable. It's absolutely crazy when you put it in that perspective because, you know, up until the last maybe two years, a lot of young kids in southeast Queensland, the Titans were sort of a basket case club and the Broncos were who they all wanted to play for. Now the Titans have actually gone and signed schools like Kiber Park. Um, they've signed um, PBC and a bunch of other talented schools there where they have first pickings now. And so we're seeing players like Tino's little brother, David Fafita's little cousin, who was a, a sprinting champion for Australia, and Payne Haas's little brother. They're all currently signed to the Titans. So the Titans are getting the next generation of stars in their system early. And all that's going to do is continue to have a downward spiral effect for the Broncos where they're continually overpaying to bring players back. And, mate, now we'll we'll jump on to Tom Dearden again. And this is a guy that he came in with so much hype, as we said, the next Alan Langer. Now you've got people questioning, oh, is he just a first grader? Dare I say, I would put that back on the system that he's been playing in. I think this kid is the real deal. And I think once he gets into a new system, I'm not sure if the Cowboys is the perfect one for him, but I definitely think it's going to be an improvement. I'm really excited to see him get up there. Put on there because you look at the Broncos system and besides Katoni Staggs and Payne Haas, which players really have stood out or had strong seasons in recent history? When the club is struggling, individuals struggle. And when your forwards aren't dominating, or your forwards are inconsistent like we sometimes see with the Broncos, then that makes it a difficult job for the uh, for the Harbs, sorry. But why I like this signing for the Cowboys is it's great for now, but especially the future. I'm thinking Tom Dearden now is great. Tom Dearden with three years NRL experience, being mentored by Jonathan Thurston and playing alongside a premiership winning half like Chad Townsend, he could be very great. Tell me, mate, over the next few years, like I'm looking down down the path as well, and I think Dearden's going to be great. But, you know, when we look at the 2022 Cowboys, Chad Townsend, Tom Dearden, to me, they are very similar footballers. How do you see this one playing out? It's not really the yin-yang that we traditionally like to see in the modern game. You're spot on. I think that's why they may have to get creative, and I think they can do that through their 13. I know you've previously spoken about this, and I've got to agree. Jason Tamalolo in the modern game is more tailored towards the prop. So with two halves that are so similar, they should be able to control both sides of the field. We know they've got a strong forward pack. They should be able to build momentum. But where does the X factor come from? And I think it's in that 13 jersey. It could be Ruben Cotter. It could be a little bit unorthodox. It could be Scott Drinkwater. I'm not sure, but I think they do need to get creative in terms of their attack because, as you say, these players are very, very similar in the halves. Mate, I love this Ruben Cotter. He's a guy that has improved out of sight for me. The day that they signed um, Reese Robson from the Dragons, I thought, wow, what a signing that is. I was huge on Robson. The more and more I see of Cotter, I, I, I don't know if he's if he's not the best hooker in the club. I, I think he'd be the best lock forward in the club, but he might also be the best nine. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out between those fellas. Yeah, they've got a tough one on their hands to balance it all because, as you said, Robson and Cotter both obviously talented, but... I mean, you touched on it there. With the modern rule changes, we've seen players like Connor Watson, for another example, who has been used at hooker a little bit in the past. Now he's being moved at lock. Um, Tyrone Peachy, another one you spoke about. These are players that with the modern rules, 
it's just so interesting. They're so fun to watch because they're natural instinctive footballers and speeding up the games really helps to unlock them. And it's to the point now, like, as you said, Ruben Cotter is just a footballer. He's so talented. Is he a hooker or is he a lock? We don't know, but we do know you need the footy in his hands as much as possible. Mate, obviously this signing, um, it could spell trouble for either Drinkwater or for Val Holmes. Now, I've always been a big fan of Drinkwater playing fullback. I've always thought Val Holmes is a better winger than a fullback. I must say the last few weeks up there, I'm starting to second-guess myself a little bit. Yeah, Valentine Holmes, I think eight tackle breaks in around 200 metres last week. He was really prominent at back, and he was active, and he was around the football. And when Valentine Holmes is around the football, um, you know, supporting up the middle, that's when he's at his best. It requires a great deal of fitness as a fullback to be able to do that. Um, but I do think we're seeing Holmes get back to that fitness required and get back to there. And so, as you say, the fallout from this is where to now for Scott Drinkwater? The Broncos maybe make sense. You could play fullback or 5'8 there. Um, but here's a little bit of a, I guess, left field option. Matt Burton, so he's a six, but we've seen him move into the centres. And under the new rules, he's able to look really, really good in that position. Um, you could almost argue he's been one of the best centres this year. He's not a centre. I do wonder, could Scott Drinkwater be moved into the centres and potentially utilised similar to how the Panthers are utilising Burton at the moment? I don't hate it, but I don't love it, to be honest with you. I think that Matt Burton, um, I would probably just describe his situation. He's probably the exception, not the example. I don't think that him and Drinkwater are as similar footballers. I think that that big rangy body that Matt Burton's got, and let's be honest here, I mean, if you had to be a guy that's not a centre and jump into centre and you had to go anywhere in the competition, would it not be left centre for the Penrith Panthers? And that's very true as well. And now I think about it a little bit more, uh, having the knowledge that you just put there. Uh, I do believe that Scott Drinkwater does miss quite a, uh, a fair few amount of tackles. So maybe moving around to the centres. In fact, I've just got the stats up. He's actually 22nd in the NRL um, with 20 misses so far this year. So that's only eight missed tackles or things. So you do have a good point there. Um, it is probably a case where Burton is the exception and not the example. But yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where Drinkwater does land. I think he is one of the more talented footballers in our league. I mean, people forget, here we are two years ago. He he was in front of Ryan Pappenhausen at the Melbourne Storm. Like, he, he was going to be the Melbourne Storm's fullback if he wouldn't have got injured in the preseason. I mean, that changed everything down there in Melbourne and everything in Scott Drinkwater's career as well. Not wrong, and, and you said it perfectly. He was in front of a Clive Churchill medalist, as we now know to be Ryan Pappenhausen, and a premiership-winning halfback in Jerome Hughes. So for Scott Drinkwater to be in front of those two players under Craig Bellamy in the Storm system, that is not a fluke. Scott Drinkwater has such a great set of skills in rugby league, but it is going to take the right team and maybe even the right position because he's not really settled in himself, whether he's a fullback or a 5'8", for him to be able to fully realise that potential. But the day he does fully realise his potential, uh, his, his, his really his potential is anything because we've seen so many moments of just brilliance from him, such as when he won the best player, the MVP of the nine. Um, a, a, you know, a format of the game where there's more room and more creativity and he was able to flow and, and play his best football. But where his best position is, where he lands, it's all very much up in the air. Mate, before we move off the Cowboys, I want to go, I want to know, Tom Dearden, 
right now, it's like he's fallen off the side of the earth up in Brisbane. He's been the halfback the last few weeks. He's not on their extended bench. He's not on the pine. He's not in the seven anymore. It's obvious that Kevin Walters almost wants nothing to do with him. Sam Ayub, his manager, he's uh he's not swinging in the dark. He 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 is he's hitting good areas at the moment in the media. Is this pointing towards we could see Dearden in North Queensland over the next few weeks? I have to think it's likely, especially given the comments recently from his manager. It's not really often we see managers get this involved, but you know his manager going and saying he would have been at the Broncos for life, but they beat him from pillar to post. What we could be seeing here is a situation where his manager is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Perceiving it to the media where his position at the Broncos is no longer tenable and therefore pressuring the Broncos into a release. And, you know, I can sort of understand where Kevin Walters is coming from here. On one hand, you do play your best seven in, especially when you're struggling. But on the other, the Broncos gain nothing by giving Dearden a whole season now in first grade. Um, it just comes back to bite them when the their biggest rival, the Cowboys, are stronger for it. So I certainly think it's an option for him to leave early, especially on the basis that Josh McGuire has been released from the Cowboys. And so I would envision they're still paying a portion of his salary, but I would imagine that releasing him would have freed up the funds where they could accept Scott Drink. Uh, sorry, they could accept Tom Dearden's contract rather this year. But then there's even more fall, fall out of that. Like Then I look at Jay Clifford. Could they release him to the Knights and then that would most definitely free up the salary for Dearden to come. So I think there's a lot of moving pieces to happen over the next few weeks as a result of this signing. And, mate, the reality is Sam Ayub, he's not accidentally throwing his tool, toys. He knows exactly what he's doing. And the way that I look at this, for for him to be doing this so publicly, it screams to me that the Cowboys are obviously keen to have him. I mean, Sam Ayub wouldn't go to the Cowboys, negotiate this contract, sort it out for Tom Dearden, and then come out and publicly say, oh, he would have rather be at the Brisbane Broncos. This is obviously all part of their plan to try and get Tommy Dearden up there. As you mentioned, the other young bloke, he could end up at Newcastle. All of a sudden, could that spell trouble for Mitchell Pearce moving forward? I think what it could spell is we could see Blake Green potentially release Green. Yeah. Uh, to join the Broncos a year early. But um, like you said, this, this this isn't a coincidence. I believe that, you know, Dearden's management have gone to the Cowboys, hey, just out of curiosity, how would you feel about signing Dearden this year? Would you have the funds for that? Yeah, mate, we do. So then Sam Adam goes, sweet, straight to the media. Boom, this is what's happening. The Broncos go, oh my God, this is toxic. Let's get rid of him. Sam Ayub wins because his client goes to the Cowboys. He's now on a larger contract. So Sam Ayub is now making more money. Dearden wins. Um, And so what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. And I mean, has there ever been a better time to go to the media and try and make the Broncos look bad? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah, the Broncos, they're in a bad spot and, you know, if you're the media and it's a slow news day, uh, we've seen in the past it's all too easy to pile on a club while they're already down in the dump. Mate, the other name that's been thrown around a lot recently as far as halfbacks go, and this is a guy that I don't have in my top tier, 
I have him right up there. He's unproven on big stages yet for me is Mitch Moses. Uh, it seems strange to me that Parramatta have invested so much time, so much effort into this guy. And just as he hits that 27, 28 years of age when we normally see the best out of our halves, potentially he could be moving on. This one seems very odd to me. It does seem odd. The only real male I've heard around a replacement was Andrew Voss saying that uh, he believes uh, sorry, Adam Reynolds will end up at the Eels now. Personally, I don't see that playing out. And so Mitchell Moses actually has, I believe, the next two years as a player option. And I think as long as Brad Arthur is at the Eels, who he has such a great relationship with, who's really helped him build his game, where he has a chance to you know finish in the top four and play finals, I don't see any amount of money being viable for him to you know give up that give up his teammates the coach that he's you know going great under to go to the Brisbane Broncos of all clubs so yeah I don't see that one playing out mate is there any sum of money if you are Mitch Moses or Sean Johnson is there any sum of money if you put yourself in their shoes that would convince you to leave your current system and go to the Brisbane Broncos absolutely not not at this stage of their career um, Sean Johnson, Mitch Moses, you know, let's say they sign a two, three-year deal at the Broncos. Realistically, by the end of that contract, that could be the end of their careers in the NRL. And so typically, I think if you were going to take a risk and sign a big deal uh, at a struggling club, you look at someone like Caelan Ponga. He did it with the Knights when he was still 20 years old, young and developing. I think if you're a veteran halfback that, you know, there's just no amount of money that could convince you to go to the Broncos where you know you were going to be struggling to one, win every week, but two, play your best football and hold your value. I think the Broncos have tried something like 12 different halves combinations in the last few couple of years. So that isn't obviously, you know, really great reassurance either. Mate, I imagine there obviously is a number of clubs that are probably waiting around to see where Adam Reynolds goes. And I guess the one guy we haven't really spoken about, and we spoke about South Sydney earlier, but mate, are we seeing Benji Marshall? Is he going to go around for another season? What are your predictions there? That's a really interesting one. I think Benji Marshall's future would, well, it could be tied in some way to Wayne Bennett. Uh, but as we know, the new Brisbane team probably won't be coming in next year. It would be, still be a few years away. And so I think if I was Benji Marshall at this stage of my career, I wouldn't really be interested in going to the Broncos. Um, just for the fact also, you need to consider Benji Marshall has a contract with Fox League, uh, which is based in Sydney. And so that would be extra travel for him or potentially giving up a career after rugby league. And there's just nothing that would be appealing to him about the Broncos when you factor in he could lose his future career at Fox League. Mate, speaking Benji Marshall, obviously a former Tigers great. Uh, the man of the West Tigers, Luke Brooks, we haven't mentioned his name yet. And I know he hasn't really been thrown around uh, in the media the last few days or weeks. But for me, I look at Luke Brooks and I think, Jesus Christ, the best thing for him would be to get out of the West Tigers system. And you know what? Probably the best thing for the West Tigers might be to let Luke Brooks go. I think this is a marriage that it just hasn't worked for me. Not all divorces are bad. And I think this one, it's a matter of time. It needs to be a mutual decision. I mean, for Luke Brooks, eight years without final football, that must feel bad as a halfback. Over 150 games without playing finals once. But then for the Tigers to accept that, and I guess this is kind of rude to say, but they're accepting mediocrity there by having a halfback like that. What I'd like to see potentially, if we saw Sean Johnson um, leave the Cronulla Sharks, I would like to see Luke Brooks play 5-8 alongside a dominant halfback like Adam Reynolds at a new club, in a new system. And we sort of spoke about it before. Tom Dearden seemingly struggling at the Broncos, inconsistent. Well, we've never seen Luke Brooks in a dominant system. Uh, you know, Imagine a Luke Brooks maybe 
replacing Jerome Hughes at the Storm. I'm not saying it'll happen, but could you imagine how much better he would be as a football player in a Storm system behind a consistent forward pack? And as much as Luke Brooks gets, he's never actually had a dominant forward pack and a consistent team to play with. Mate, he has been surrounded by absolute dysfunction since day one. You go and have a look at all the halves partners he's had, all the coaches he's had. I mean, I'd be shocked if there's, you know, off the top of my head, there would be no one left in that West Tigers team from when Brooks, Brooks debuted, what, seven years ago, eight years ago? It's crazy. You're spot on. And, I mean, I mean, we can go around in circles all day with Luke Brooks, but, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. He needs to move on. He needs to get out of that system. If, the, if he seriously believes the Tigers have gone out and signed Jackson Hastings from the Super League to play lock, I think he's crazy. He needs to accept they've already signed another halfback. Adam Dowie is playing really, really good at 5'8". The writing's on the wall for Luke Brooks. I, I don't see him in this side next year. And just for his, his well-being, his career as a footballer, I would love to see him in another system. Dane, mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a cracking chat, this halves merry-go-round that's going on at the moment. Uh, it is just so... I love this stuff. I find it so entertaining to see all these blokes changing clubs. And, you know, because they are all halfbacks, it's not just a matter of a bloke changing a club. Uh, a new halfback into a new team, it changes an entire system. I find this stuff so interesting. Hey, that's why footy is the greatest game of all. Thanks very much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure, and I love being on here today. Cheers, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Pretty cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.